The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome to yet another session here at the Kick Pod Dojo. I am your host slash sensei, TJ Williams, giving you the insider of my martial arts journey, discussing and analyzing certain martial arts-based subjects and highlighting world-renowned martial artists past, present, and future. All right, before I get things started, I want to get like a late Mother's Day shout out out there for all the mothers out there who are martial artists as well as parents to martial artists yeah including my including my mother um absolutely uh amazing woman who um raised me from the time i was the size of gary coleman to i'm um, the size of um kareem abdul jabbar of course uh there's a lot of mothers out there that um, really stride to get their kids to be extremely successful including me with all the whoopings i had to endure when i was young just to keep me I'm going a straight line, you know, that sometimes I go curving side to side and never go straight. So, of course, you know, you have to appreciate all the mothers out there that do a lot for their kids to be successful. And yet uh, my mother was, of course, a single mother raising both me and my siblings. And of course, uh, we went on to be uh, successful, you know, graduating college. well, high school and college, and then, of course, I'm trying to do better things, including me becoming a black belt. And it seems like um, I have made a unique accomplishment in my family. No, you see it, you believe it. All right. So definitely give my thanks to my mother. So, um, of course, uh, on this Mother's Day, she, um, you know, I can't give much back to her. You know, it just... The one thing I can think of is just being there with her. I mean, of course, she doesn't celebrate holidays because she's a Jehovah's Witness. But um, usually, even though I can't give her gifts, I know the best gift I can always give her is me. And always having her back at all times. And uh, just really thinking about her day by day. All right. So with that being said... Let's get on to this episode. <laughs> okay, with this week's episode, I'm going to go over the um the best fight scenes. And mostly I pick like five good people that are best known to have the um good fight scenes. And mostly <clears throat> out of all the these people I picked, mostly they're all Asian. You know, not to be like prejudice against everybody else, you know. There's always good people that made fight scenes. You know, you got Jason Straham, uh, Michael J. Michael J. White, of course Wesley Snipes, and you got all these good people that can like really, that can really endure a, can do a fight scene, really can really um, choreograph a fight scene, and you know really not to get those bring those guys out and 
whatsoever. But you know, you know, but I just like the five top people that I pick that are really good, do good fight scenes. And you know, you got Donnie Yen, Jackie Chan, Jet Li, Tony, <clears throat> Tony Jaya, and Bruce Lee. And yet, I put Bruce Lee last, you know. <laughs> well, not because um, Bruce Lee is um, like the worst person to um, do fight scene. But, you know, when it comes to fight scenes with Bruce Lee, he's like extremely amazing. You know, everybody would really jump to their seats to really see Bruce Lee do a fight scene. Either if it's fighting like a hundred men versus um, one opponent. Okay, so... Usually I have him last because he's the main event. But, uh, you know, I start off, like, probably to, probably, like, the fifth best to, like, the first best. All right. So when you think of these fight scenes, you know, we instantly know that fight scenes are choreographed. You know, however, depending on how highly trained a martial artist is, you know, fight scenes that you see in movies are likely duplicated in real life. You know, really. <clears throat> but yet, <clears throat> we train in all situations likely to happen. <clears throat> uh, it's in my throat. Nah. But, you know, choreograph or not, you know, well, yeah, definitely choreograph or not, we still train in these um, situations, you know. Like a um, four-on-one situation, a one-on-one, you know, that's why we train in traditional kata and we do uh, basic self-defense or we do something called one-steps where somebody throws a punch at you and we have to react to that punch. So definitely, well, definitely scenes like this, you know, really, <clears throat> you don't have doing what comes to mind and you're not trying to really trying to imitate people out in the movies. Yeah, you know, really, they take take years of practice and years or at least a lot of time to practice and really get the moves down perfectly. So it look, look, look good on a silver screen, you know. All right. So <clears throat> let's go on to our first um first person that puts out a good fight scene. Donnie Yen. Of course, he's very known to, in other movies, you know, but really the one movie that um the one character that he really that really strikes out for me is Ip Man. Of course, yeah, he does like four movies of Ip Man. And, you know, definitely those are four amazing movies. You know, when I look look at those movies, you know, it's just thinking like how all the quick hands that he use in that movie. You no, know, just really, I just want to imitate him. It's like when he, somebody throws a punch at me, you know, I just want to just use my hands like quickly. Like just maneuvering side to side just really <clears throat> smack just really aiming for those uh, vital vital points which is amazing so really i think his role in in ip man is was was really amazing you know you, you know ip man the, the potential mentor and teacher of bruce lee and you know using the style of wing chung and having like a calm persona you know, really, and you, when you think about when the movie starts, and uh, you know, when you think of um, Ip Man's um, persona, you know, he's looking at, um, he's looked at as using his style as a way of peace. You know, just to analyze, um, 
something something out here you know the difference between a street fighter and a martial artist you know street fighters uh, using the, enforcing their will on others you know in most cases is you no know, it's at other people's expense you know i don't want to be that street fighter you know i don't want to be out there being a vigilante no that's best way to put put a street fighter uh, best describe a street fighter a vigilante you know somebody that enforce their will on others you know that takes the law in their own hands you know you expect people to, to walk a straight line but you know they choose not to and then yet you enforce enforce your will on them just to make sure they don't do it again you know you can't always force your will on people you know you can't enforce people to love you you can't afford force people to do what you want them to do you know really yeah, that's the worst thing about you know working for people you know they have enforced their authority on you just so therefore yeah just so they can you can do their bidding you know honestly i'm not into kissing butts or like yeah kiss kissing butts or you know doing the alternate doing the other way around you know i'm not much of a brown noser you know i want to work for what i what work what i want to get to you know it's that's the way it is Ooh. all right all right. all right just going back to it well of course yeah you got self-defense you got the martial arts side you know i just sold the street fighter side but now it's the martial arts side you know you got two reasons to fight <clears throat> either to defend yourself or defend others and yet the whole thing about defending yourself is not to harm the person trying to harm you. You know, really, you're just stopping them from harming you. You know, the thing is, you want them to walk away uh, fresh. Or should I say, you want to walk away on their two feet and you want to walk away in your two feet. <clears throat> no, your your goal as a martial artist is to is always go home because it's always safe and not to cause a lengthy fight you're not going out there and try to straight people out you know people have their own paths you know my path is to go home you know the guy that tried to attack me their path is to take whatever well definitely that would be their their same reason as a street fighter to enforce their will on others you know definitely i look my look at myself as almost half street fighter and half martial artist you know you try one thing goes after the other you know i kind of get sick of half things happening out there you know i want people to be straight and do whatever but you know i'm martial artist you know i'm out there to defend myself and to defend others and uh and usually to kind of describe it man's some um, intentions <clears throat> you know it's not it's not easily <clears throat> no, he doesn't easily eager. He's not easily eager to teach or fight anyone unless they're looking to be pure. Yeah, meaning you know you can't cause any disputes among others <clears throat> using martial arts. You know, simply seeing the a dispute. You know, there's well, here's the question. You know, do you do you go into a fight or do you minimize them by reasoning? <clears throat> you know, likely disputes are one aggressively verbal leading into a physical confrontation. You know, two 
starts physical and then goes verbal. You know, you start <clears throat> talking, you start fighting, and then of course you kind of kind of sell it down, saying, you know, I don't want to fight anymore. And uh, and of course, yeah, it's just verbal. You know, you get in a lot of disputes, you get verbal. You know, you shout, you shout to the point where you just need to walk away, and ha don't have to deal with it. <clears throat> All right, so just uh, talk about Ip Man <clears throat> fight scene. <clears throat> All right, a couple fight scenes that come to mind, you know. Of course, the beginning fight scene in the first movie, you know, you got um, two dedicated martial artists or people that are in the style of um, Wing Chun. You know, they go, they have a little sip of tea, you know, you know, they talk, they chuck a little bit. And then it gets to a scene where they um kind of kind of like perfect their um Wing Chun style, you know, not in the point where um they hurt each other, you know. You got you see it, man, you know, trying to. So normally that's what practitioners do. They train, you know, they train, they um practice. <clears throat> yeah, you know, they kind of just um kind of check each other out. You know, that's what was happening in the beginning of the movie. You know, you got a master of another's um another school going against like a well-known master in a style that doesn't have any students. You know, they go at it, and then of course the Ip Man kind of like overpowers the other instructor, and you know, and it, it was definitely <clears throat> unfortunately it wasn't in private. Well, no. It, Initially, it was in private, but, you know, you got that one person that, of course, doesn't that kind of gets a look at it. And then, of course, it, it goes out. You know, that's the thing. <laughs> you know, people like to brag, you know, saying that a master gets beat by another master and then it goes out. And then, you know, rumors go around and people feel shame. You know, definitely. That's the thing. You know, that's the, always the lesson is if you're going to fight somebody, it goes around. It's got to go be around closed doors. You know, if you don't want it to get out, it's got to be behind closed doors. No cameras, just simple training. All right. And definitely another scene in that same movie, it goes on to where Ip Man goes and fights 10 black belts. You know, this is like a, a, the scene where like uh, it was um, Japan taking over china i think this is around the almost around world war ii i think i believe this like around that time and then you got of course it man showing anger for the first time in that movie you know you see it man as a calm calm person you know just looking for peace and then of course it gets to the point where it it gets ugly, and I guess um of course a friend of his who he known I think it was the same guy that he fought in the in the beginning of the movie, and um uh, he gets shot because uh, of course uh he won his of course you get paid didn't get paid by money you got paid by a grain of rice, and yeah of course um he was um of course shot shot in the head, and you know of course it man sees that and um. And that really enraged him. And it goes on to where he um, fights <clears throat> 10 of the black belts. I think they were trained in like um, Japanese um, Shotokan. You know, because just think about it. Usually 
traditional karate was um, made in um, Okinawa. And of course, yeah, here he is facing these 10 black belts. And like all of a sudden, he's like, he unleashes. It's like unbelievable. He's just throwing regular punches, like rabbit punches, like just just continuous punches like just making them just either paralyzing them like just temporarily and just really taking them down and like really now I think he breaks one guy's leg which is well, fake but you know just nevertheless it was just amazing techniques he was he was just fighting one person while another person was coming and he was just deflecting and just coming at come at them and, you know, that's the thing. One thing that you don't want to do with Ip Man is um, mess with his friends or his family. And he will come at you with the expectations or the or in intentions of taking you out where you don't move, where you don't even move at all. I mean, just amazing. And also one scene also um, where he goes against the legendary Mike Tyson yeah, you know, that was just definitely something, you know, you got this legendary boxer, legendary heavyweight champion boxer going against Ip Man, you know, it just starts off just um, checking each other out, you know, you got boxing tactics just to check, check him out, you know, this one thing is that's just amazing, you know, you're putting another style against another style of fighting, you know, mostly... Mike Tyson was at a disadvantage because he just uses his hand. He doesn't kick. He doesn't know martial arts. You know, he's best known for his boxing. You know, it was just like a really um, intense fight. You go, Mike Tyson was getting his in. And then, of course, Ip Man was getting his in. And, you know, it got to the point where Ip Man was getting smart enough to go low. Because, you know, he he knows Tyson could use just use his upper body. You know, if he can't use his lower body, he can't use his upper body. So definitely, in this case, <clears throat> of course, he goes, he kind of adapts into, into the fight. Yeah, he definitely adapts where he, well, that's the thing you want to do in martial arts. You want you want to adapt. You don't want to do the same tactics over and over again. You know, if you're doing like, like Wing Chun <clears throat> and you just always focus on upper body, and try to aim for targets. And next you know. You ain't going to aim for. You ain't going to get a target. Alright so just. Uh, I said to drink of water. I wanted to clear my throat. <laughs> Alright so yeah. Going in that scene. That was just amazing. You know it's real great that they actually put a. Legendary boxer against Ip Man. Uh, that's just wonderful. Alright. So that's pretty much that's Donnie Yen's um, fight scene. You know, definitely, <clears throat> I like to see him in more movies. You know, if they were to make another Ip Man movie, which probably they won't. You know, they made four of them so far, all of, and all of them um, portraying the life of the Ip Man. And you know, I might want to talk about those movies later in a like future episodes. All right, now moving on to Jackie Chan. Of course, we all know Jackie Chan. I mean, a legend in the martial arts movies. You know, starting off as a stuntman, going on to being among the best actors in the world. All right, and you know, definitely, he's one of the 
best known actors to do his own stunts, you know, and does the best fight scenes, you know, really. And of course, you do a lot of stunts on your own. And yeah, I know he endured a lot of injuries, but, you know, really, he's he just a nonstop individual, nonstop kind of actor, you know, and he's pretty much fast handed. Like, really, that's where Wing Chun is very, very useful. Wing Chun, Chinese Kung Fu, you know, same kind of same kind of martial arts style. You know, I kind of consider um, Jackie Chan as an environmental fighter. You know, he uses his surroundings as a weapon. You know, just watching a lot of his fight scenes, like he's he like fights using like a mall uh, construction site and even a pool hall. You know, the three movies that come to mind when I think about this is um, Rumble in the Bronx, Jackie Chan's First Strike, and Rush Hour. I mean, those are the top three movies that I think that has the good fight scenes. You know, there's other fight scenes that I usually see them in. You know, of course, you got um, Operation Condor, where he used like a like a hanger. You know, I think they was going for gold or something, and then it was um hitting in a, like a a hanger or a, I think a sunken um or sunken um uh, plane plane craft. Or aircraft, but you know, yeah, they used um, I think uh, sort of like um, I don't know, like something they use for like um, uh, skydiving, like they use like the machine. It's like it like makes them fly, <laughs> and that was like he used that against um, used it against his opponent. But nevertheless, the three movies that I talk about, you know, you got Rumble in the Bronx, the store scene. Where he um he takes out the um, uh, a thug gang, what they were stealing, and yet uh, you got um of course Jackie Chan in the middle of it, and yeah, of course one of them pulls out a knife, and he just like just use quick hands to take all of them out, including the one with the knife called Angelo, and <laughs> he broke his nose, and that was like amazing, and uh just looking at it, he just uses um surroundings like use like um, usually water just spilling a person's face, and yeah, kicks and punches, throws them in um objects, and uh, yeah, they all just run for it. Uh, usually, yeah, and the same thing in the same movie. Yeah, and uh, he goes into the um gang's lair. Of course, he fights the gang leader first, and then he goes on to um fights all over the place, you know, hitting, like, hitting couches, refrigerators, you know, uh, pinball machines, and he uses, um, a ski, uses skis as, like, like, almost like a bow staff, and takes him out, you know, they're using baseball bats, you know, and this is, that's an amazing scene, that, that's, a, that's why I like Rumble in the Bronx, I like watching that movie, usually around the beginning part, you know, the ending part, you know, I'm not too, Keyed with. <laughs> All right, so definitely moving on to first strike, the ladder scene, the ladder fight. You know, I kind of call this the TLC fight. You know, if you watch wrestling, you know you got um, <laughs> yeah, you you got tables, ladders, and chairs. You know, you see a lot of tables. He climbs tables, and you know you got he fights with ladders. You know, he definitely duck and dodge chairs. 
No, that's a, that's a one of the amazing scenes that I always see. You know, that's just looking at that scene. Of course, yeah, and he uses ladder as a weapon, and of course, everybody using both staffs. Uh, usually, try to find the best defense for like a weapon. You know, you got ladders. You know, he does that scene very good. And of course, rush hour. Just thinking about it, like the pool hall scene. Oh, sorry, man. Waking up. You know, usually, uh, yeah, you see him in the pool hall scene. You know, he decides he's like to shoot his mouth up more. Let's just say he's trying to like follow what Chris Tucker does and he pays for it. You know, really, he's Chris Tucker should ignore him. Like, you know, there's certain things you can't say. And uh, of course, that's what caused the trouble in the pool, pool scene. Of course, yeah, he you know, goes in there, fights them around the pool tables, you know, hitting them with pool sticks and really getting. Well, definitely, that's probably one of the best scenes. Use your surroundings to fight out your opponents. You know, that's what he does. You know, he's a environmental fighter. You know, everything he sees, he uses against his opponents. And that's pretty much the best way to fight. Well, that's best way he fights. But, you know, that's use your surroundings to really take out your opponent. You know. Now, moving on to Jet Li. I kind of call him a serious fighter. You know, he does, you know, he's like one thing, one person that has a straight face. And when he fights, you know, almost kind of imitating it, man. But, you know, what I mean, he's a kind of aggressive fighter. You know, just one thing, like he almost has that Bruce Lee persona, but a little bit of Jackie Chan personality. You know, just first looked when I first looked at Jet Li was like Lethal Weapon 4. You know, when he played the antagonist, you know, and he's like, he's like highly skilled martial arts, but careless in which makes him like fearless and um, most feared. You know, that's why when he was in that movie, um, Lethal Weapon 4, you know, people feared him because, you know, he was, of course, he was a little guy, but he, uh, he was a dangerous person. You know, he hardly didn't use any weapons. You know, I think he had like a necklace where he strangled, strangled you. You know, definitely you were like your usefulness was no longer needed. All right. Kind of looking at the like the four movies that kind of um, stand out for um, Jet Li's that where he does the best fighting scenes. You know, you got Legends, Fist of Legends, Romeo Must Die and Cradle to the Grave. And when I, you know, when I talk about the Fist of Legends, like where he goes in a Japanese school, like oh, he's I guess he was looking for a man that killed his um, brother, or I don't know, hurt his family, and then he goes on and destroys all the like Japanese um Japanese students and even the master, and that was just like amazing scene, and I think thinking this one he breaks somebody's leg too. I'm not sure if, if it's in this scene, but, um, of course, yeah, just going against, like, yeah, you, like I said, you kind of look at this scene and immediately think of Ip Man, where he, he has so much anger in him, where he just, just randomly fights, you know, this is why we train in, um, rapid fire one steps, you know, you want to be quick on your opponent, you know, as you know, you throw one punch and you stop and it's just, 
it's just a slight, slight pause can give your opponent the advantage. So that's why I'm saying, you know, one punch, I'm getting out the way. And I'm going after either an extremity, which I'm, which is definitely a, I'm going to go after arm and leg. You know, that's the best way to fight. I'm going to go after arm and leg before I even go for the head. And so you got that scene. And of course, one of my other scenes, well, of course, yeah, this, I think I've seen that scene. And then of course you got Romeo must die. Yeah. He didn't like a good, good scenes. Of course, uh, his prison escape where he was just hanging by one foot. And then of course he escapes. He's definitely escapes the guards and definitely fights the guards. And, uh, it goes to the point where he grabs the keys and escapes. And of course, and from there, it gets to the one scene where, um, you know, he was um, visiting Aaliyah to try to explain what happened to his brother. And of course, uh, of course, uh, his uh, father's um, employees or associates were um, were like, let's just say, paying her a visit. And yet um, it gets to a scene where they find out that he wasn't a delivery guy. Um, yeah, <laughs> he almost got them fooled. So, um, yeah, it gets to that scene where, yeah, he got Aaliyah. <laughs> well, yeah, there was like at the staircase. And yeah, this is where he um, kind of followed Jackie Chan kind of thing where he um, uses his surroundings. And yet, uh, well, let's just say I call kind of call Jet Li like the... Superman, or just a fi a flying person, or should I say, like you when you think of Dragon Ball Z, you see him fly. That's Jet, Jet Li. I am so, yeah. That was that scene where he kind of escapes those guys, and <laughs> it was funny where um he uses like um think zip ties too, yeah, and also uses zip ties a belt. I think that's how that's how he fights you know that's wonderful <laughs> and he steals their car and, and of course yeah it goes to also one scene where he uses a water hose and you no know, if you can't use your hands and feet you know use the water hose and of course it got to the point where they cut off the water hose and he used actually used the water hose as a, a weapon and just throw them throwing hitting them almost like as a spear you know, if you use a spear as a weapon, yeah. And also, good last last movie I want to talk about is um, Cradle to the Grave, where yeah, he was in a cage scene. Yeah, I guess he was um, set to fight one of the um, cage fighters. Where I think it was um, yeah, it was Randy Couture. Yeah, he was supposed to fight him, and then he kind of tapped out. And of course, there was a ring announcer who was a midget. Yeah, kind of forced them back into her, and then all of a sudden, all the you uh, MMA fighters started coming in and started battling out with um, Jet Li, and just like the scene with um, yeah, almost with that scene with um, the Japanese school and um, Fist of Legends, yeah, it's almost the same thing, and you know, you're trapped in the cage, and uh, oh yeah, and it kind of got to um, a scene where um, it was um. um Ortiz, yeah, I forgot his first name, but Ortiz, yeah, he was in that ring, and he's like almost like the powerful fighter, you know. Jet Li was like throwing up punches, 
and no effect. And of course, it got to the point where he hit him, yeah, hit him in the groin, and then things kind of got crazy. Well, that's like one of my favorite scenes right there. And you know, some some things in that movie, like he grabs some guys in his guys, some guy in the stomach grabs like he grabs really grabs in there and just throws them. It's like ugh. Ah, man, just some scenes that I can't even watch. All right, so definitely that's Jet Li in the scenes. You know, if you ever watch his fighting scenes, you know, well, just not to take out other movies, you know, there's other movies like Fearless where he uh, does like, um, yeah, he, he's got that wings, I guess he's um, portraying another um legendary Japanese or legendary Chinese um, fighter he does very good fight scenes alright so that's Jet Li now going on to um, Tony J Tony Jaya for his Muay Thai fighting style aggressive but careful you know one movie that I can think of on the top of my head is The Protector you know, there was like some scenes that really sparked my interest, got me standing. You know, he got his scene with um, the Capoeira fighter. You know, you got Muay Thai versus Capoeira. Now, eight striking points of Muay Thai versus acrobatic fighting. Of course, in this scene, you got the Capoeira fighter, like getting the best of um, Tony, uh, Tony Jaya. And uh, he's just, um, you know, he's just like using his acrobatics, like sweeping, kicking, like flipping around, really trying to get his, like get him distracted. You know, like I said, he got the upper hand. And then, of course, Tony kind of really uses his, um, his uh, Muay Thai tactics and um, kind of gets the upper hand on him, too. And then it gets to the point where you no, know, you know he's doing handstands. You no, know, take him, take his hands out or take his arms out, so he don't do handstands. And then definitely that's where he started using tricking himself, and he goes like on a frenzy and takes on um, the Capoeira fighter out. And you know that's one of one scene that I like looking at. And of course, uh, it gets on to another scene where, um, of course, uh, he found out that oh yeah this. Movie the protectors about and I guess he was like going after an elephant that was stolen from his village, and of course uh, it was stolen by like a couple collectors, and you know and in the end of the movie he finds out that the the elephant was um killed and skinned for his bones and into like a statue, and then of course it gets a scene where he fights like four big men. Like four of them big men, and one of them being like Nathan Jones, and of course everybody knows who Nathan Jones is. Of course he's a, of course a MMA fighter, and of course he's been in the WWE for a short period of time. All right, pretty much when I think of Nathan Jones, out of all the people he talks about, or out of all the people I talk about, out of five people I talk about, three of them he had a fight scene with. Of course, he had a fight scene with Tony Jaya. And then, of course, uh, he has a fight scene with um, Jet Li. 
and um, also Jackie Chan. All right. So going kind of going into the like the poor big guy fight, you um, know, he kind of he was kind of going on there head on, trying to take the guy out, but you know it wasn't working. And of course, it gets to the scene where he uses the the skull, the uh, the bones of the elephants to, to take the big man down. Somewhat effective, yeah, you know, and yeah, he was definitely taking them out until the point where that wasn't working, and then it got to the point where he had to do something, and just uh, a little tip, yeah, he ended up he ended up cutting in them the tendons and ligaments of um, the big man. Of course, what happens if your ligaments are not attached to your bones? Yeah, you fall down. You can't walk. And so, yeah, so definitely, that's an important strategy. That's a really good strategy. You know, you take out the the ligaments. You always go for the extremities when you're fighting somebody. And that's probably like the best scene. Well, kind of like the best scene that he, uh, well, the best strategy he does for somebody that's bigger with them, bigger than them. And, you know, he took all four of them out and, you know, just really slicing those ligaments and you know they all went down all right now going on to the main event the legendary bruce lee well who doesn't know bruce lee you know honestly for a person that doesn't know bruce lee should be ashamed you know honestly i think for everybody that's that's born or at least are young now should learn bruce a lot about bruce lee like nevertheless, you know, there's no who he is and what he stands for. You know, that's like the one person that you probably would want to least know if he was still alive. You know, you know. Of course, every martial artist has to know some knowledge or all knowledge of who Bruce Lee is. You know, even from movies or from biography. Yeah. You know, it would be nice if Bruce Lee was still alive. I would like to do a podcast. I'd come to be my guest on a podcast. You know, it's very, very interesting to actually have a legend to be on the show. All right. So kind of going on to the fight scenes that really sparked my interest in. Well, pretty much all the fight scenes I talk about in so far, you know, it kind of... um it kind of was come. It came from. It comes. It came from Bruce Lee. You know, if you think of the fight scene with Ip Man and the ten black belts, and you know, you got Jet Li with in the Japanese school. You got Jackie Chan. In this situation, I should say that all came from Bruce Lee. You know, think about it. Bruce Lee is probably like the pioneer of fight scenes. When you think about it, you know, you got him in movies like. Um, Fist of Fury, where yeah he fights um goes in Japanese school, fights all the black belts and, and then he goes on to fight the um instructor, who probably was scared straight because he you know you got Bruce Lee taking down all his students, <laughs> yeah it was amazing, and probably another movie I can always always think about like always willing to watch is Enter the Dragon. Yeah, the scene where he goes into like the lair, into like he's like an under, undercover agent. He goes um, in um, 
the lair, and of course, he gets caught. And the alarm goes off, and he goes out fighting all these um, random men. And it goes on to where he um, he fights like all of them. Then they start bringing out the weapons. Like they said, you know, fighting this guy with my bare hands is not enough. So I got to get weapons. So he goes on and fights with both staff. And then, of course, uh, then he goes on to a screaming sticks. And then finally, this probably his top weapon. His probably most dangerous weapon he can use is the nunchucks, which is like amazing. You know, I always love like watch videos of him um, using um, his nunchucks, and you know, they like you got people creating videos where he uh, his nunchucks turned to lightsabers. Those are like amazing. <laughs> you know, I just like look at those scenes. I just like laugh at them. And, like basically the nunchuck scene where he, you know, he does this um, little you know, like wheeling, wheeling of the nunchucks and stuff, and then before he attacks. Yeah, just the one thing to really think about Bruce Lee. He just, just a dangerous person. And just going on to like um, single fight scenes. Like, we'll see. Of course, him against Han. And, um, uh, yeah, his Han kind of, um, yeah, goes in a fight. He fights like with a, like a, like a little, like a, iron claw or something like like if you see in street fighter you think of vega that's yeah he has like a little like uh slashing hand all right so think about it it's just that's one of a good fight scene so you think of these fight scenes you think of strategy you know that's why we train in like one steps you know or we kind of call that the kumite you know, you think of that. There's like different type of way of for self-defense. You know, kumite. You know, you got two skillful fighters going against each other, and you're like fighting in kumite. You're trying to get the point. But unlike a regular street fight, you know, you got somebody just throwing punches at you and has no skill. You know, the thing that's a, that's the disadvantage of um, that's really the disadvantage of um, the, the internet, like online, like the putting things online or putting them on Facebook or putting them on YouTube, you know, people see that. And then all of a sudden they know how people fight and they're going to fight the same way. All right. So just a little warning and, you know, just thinking of these fight scenes, you know, yeah, you see these fight scenes, you know, don't try to imitate them out in the street thinking that you're going to accomplish something. All right. Okay, so yeah, that's all the people that I would like to talk about, like when that does the best fight scenes. You know, like I said, there's others like Jason Strahan, Strahan, uh, Michael J. White, uh, Wesley Snipes. You know, there's so many people out there that gives, gives, a, gives a good fight scene. And, you know, really not to put them out there. You know, when I think of these from five people, you know, I just, let's just say, I don't only, couldn't only remember them by name. You know, whenever they're in the movies and they're playing a different character, you know, I just know him by their name. Like, you know, Jet Li, you know, I don't care what character he plays, you know, he's going to be Jet Li. I'm just going to call him Jet Li. You know, if I'm talking about a movie, it's like Jet Li, you know. And, of course, same thing with Jackie Chan. He's Jackie Chan. And, of course, Bruce Lee, he's Bruce Lee. You know, only character I think of for Jackie Chan is Chief Inspector Lee. You know, really, when you think of that, 
that's probably the one character that really stands out for him is Chief Inspector Lee. Right? Or Mr. Hans from um, the remake of The Quiet Kid. Right? Okay, so that concludes my session here at the KickPod Dojo. Make sure you tune in to my previous episodes on the BICBPRadio.com, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And I'll tune in next time for another session here at the KickPod Dojo. This is your host, TJ Williams, bowing you out, and I'll see you next time. from the future telling you that your dream is going to come true what no way yeah you're going to have an awesome podcast called let's talk but no politics okay and new episodes come out every sunday on Beyonce.